Hey, what's up? My name is Deandra Kiera, and you are tuned in to an all-new episode of Just Let It Glow podcast. I missed you guys. I'm so happy to record this week. Thank you guys for bearing with me last week. I'm going to be honest. As a Scorpio, Mercury microbreed has been whooping my ass. Like, they, I have read before Mercury retrograde started that it's going to affect Scorpios a lot. And it affected me a lot. Like, last week, I was completely out of it. I, like, woke up. I know Eric probably saw that message and was like, damn, okay, you canceling, but it's hella fucking early. Because I just woke up and was just like, I can't even talk this week. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me. And, um... I kind of just had to regroup and like figure my shit out because I didn't even know what was wrong with me. I just was like restless, like, and I couldn't think straight out. Like I could do work tasks, but like outside of work, I couldn't even keep conversations going. So I just was like, you know, let me regroup. Um, I hadn't worked out in a couple of days. So I like forced myself to go to the gym I was there for like two hours. I felt a lot better. I came um, this weekend. I came home and like just got everything together, like cleared my energy out a lot. I'm still juicing, which has been very helpful. Been decorating the place a lot more. It's really coming together. It's going to be really cute when I'm done. Um so I yeah I just been I was just like out of it like I don't I didn't know what the hell was wrong with me and I'm like I'm so ready for Mercury retrograde to be over like I I am over it I was so over it so over it so bad my my energy was just so weird and I didn't know what was going on um so I'm feeling a lot better this week I'm feeling like really great like I actually weighed myself and I lost a significant amount of weight since I started working out in February like a good amount not enough to stop or start feeling myself but at least I know what I'm doing is working and I'm not putting any like crazy pressure on myself I think I talked about it before with y'all where it's like I have done like strict diets eating uh, chicken breast and broccoli and kale and done all of that, no carbs and all of this and working out five times a week. And, and I would do that for months and not lose one pound. I lose inches, but I wouldn't lose like number weight. This time I'm not as strict, but I'm consistent with everything that I do. So for the most part, I still eat healthy, but, um, I'm not, I'm not eating like no carbs, like I'm eating carbs, but I, I usually have a carb a day um, or I pick small, make better choices of the carbs I intake. I've been juicing that has helped significantly. I really enjoy it actually. Um, so that helps with a lot of like flushing out things out my body. Um, my skin is like chef's kiss. Um, it's just a lot, and I have been going to the gym consistently for the most part, but I don't have that added pressure. Maybe because I don't have a goal, 
And it's more so like, this is just a lifestyle thing. And I feel like I've really figured it out. Like, I'm just not a diet fed person. Like, that doesn't work for me. Like, keto, I can't really do, I do lazy, I would do lazy keto. Like, I'm not that serious about it. It's like, not that serious for me. Um, But I pretty much, like I've said before, eat more on a healthier base anyway. But I've been feeling good this week. Like, it's been a good week. I don't know how, you know, and you know, one of the things is I'm not worried about nothing else. I'm just not stressing about the future like I usually do. Like, the more I, like, just relax and take everything day by day, week by week, it has been a lot better. Like, really honestly... Just taking shit day by day and figuring shit out as I go along and not putting no, like, not that I don't have goals. I have goals. I have things I want to accomplish throughout the year, but I'm not doing, like, stressing myself out about shit anymore or worrying about how things are going to turn out. I told you guys at work I had a really big project that I was nervous about how it was going, and um, it went great, you know. Um, it went really well. So I'm excited. I'm happy about that. It was a really big project that was happening in the city. It happened this past weekend. So if you're in Philly, do the math, you'll figure it out. But yeah, it went really, really well. And my contributions to it was great. So, um, that's what I'm proud of. And I just sit here and think like, damn, last year, this time, when I say, like, I was running around, like, running around like a chicken with its head cut off, like, multiple jobs, hustling, you know, making money, figuring shit out, doing the podcast, working a full-time that I hated, picking up side jobs, like, making ends meet, like, when I say I was just busy and I watch um, Love and Marriage Huntsville and a character, well, one of the cast members, father on the show was there and he was like, it's a difference between being productive and being busy. And I feel like last year, a bitch was just busy. Like I was still doing something, some productivity to, but I was only productive in one aspect of my life, not in the entire spectrum. Like at one, like I knew I wanted to get out of my career field. So in that regard, I was productive. But everything else, like I was just busy as shit. I would like really remember like waking up, go, doing my full time job, going to my part time job, um coming in, eat whatever I have home. Like if I cooked something already cool, if I didn't out, I would have ordered something out at my, when I was coming in from work. Um, Not going to the gym because I didn't have time to go to the gym. And even if I had time, I was too fucking exhausted. Sleeping, doing that shit every day. I worked six days out of the week last year. Like, that's so insane. And when I say I was just busy, like, I remember one specific day. It was on a Saturday. 
mind you, I work my full time Monday through Friday. Saturday, woke up early, opened the store at my part time, worked a full eight hours there, got home, took a quick shower. My friend um, was here, got dressed, went to bartend at a birthday party. Like next day, back at work at my part time. Like, what the fuck? And no time. And then Monday, had to work my full-time job as if I didn't just work the entire weekend. Like, that shit makes no sense. Just busy for no reason. Because when you're in that survival mode, you just start feeling like you don't have time to waste. You don't have um, money to leave on the table. You know what I mean? Now, you know, I'm cool. I'm being productive. It's some things that's coming up with the pie. I can't wait for y'all to learn about. Um, I think y'all will really like it. It's a few things I'm working on. Um, so I'm being productive in that aspect, being productive at work, being productive within my body and my spirit and my mental health, um, taking time out for me, uh, just shit like that. You know what I mean? Whereas last year, I just literally was just trying to scratch and survive. And like now it's like, I don't really do that. Like I have a freelance job. I haven't, I didn't work there at all in April. I don't have any dates in May. I don't know if I'm going to have any dates in May, nor am I feeling like restless without it. Like I realize more often that I just kind of need space to figure my shit out. Like, I just need to give myself a lot of time to, like, figure shit out and relax and chill the fuck out and focus on one task at a time. Like, usually I'm looking at 10 tasks and I get overwhelmed and I don't feel like doing shit. Now, if I just look at it, all right, boom, do this, boom, that's done. Let me look on the next thing on the list to do. Like, not thinking about 10 steps all at once, trying to get 10 things done at one time. That doesn't work for me. It works for some people, but it doesn't work for me. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what's been going on in my life. And I guess I'm also in a space of where I'm tired of doing the same shit and getting the same results. So it's a lot of changes that are being made with primarily with how I interact with people and who I interact with. And to be honest, I have been so lately like wanting to be kind of just in a shell a bit away from a lot of things. Um, just because I just, I'm just trying to figure shit out and, you know, just how I want the next five years of my life to look. And who I want to be in it and how I want them to show up for me. So there's a thing. Also, a bitch has really been using her therapy tools lately. I tell you that much. Like, you know, when you first start therapy, you listening to everything they're saying, but you're not necessarily applying that shit. I don't go to therapy every week. I go, you know, for the most part, either bi-weekly or once a month or whatever. Depending on the schedule, I don't go every week. So when shit happens and I, I'm like, it would happen. I don't even have therapy this week. I need to talk about it. I need to talk this out. It's like, no, I'm using the tools that I've learned 
and I'm applying it because I have to trust me and trust that I know how to make good decisions. Trust that the money I've been spending on therapy has been working and, you know, it has. And I'm proud of that. So if you are still thinking about going to therapy, that's just an update for me. Let me know if y'all would want a therapist on the show. Like if that would be something you're interested in, if you would like me to have a guest on the show that's a therapist. I have a couple therapist friends. So let me know if that's something, if you are thinking about going to therapy, going back to therapy or have questions about it. Um, let me know if that's something you guys would like to see, like real therapists, not, you know, not no bullshit, like actual therapists and what questions you guys would want them to answer. So let me know, but let's get into this motherfucking show because baby, (laughs) the things are thinking. So y'all know I'm a TikTok queen. I really don't be on Instagram. I love TikTok and I'm always, and the good thing about TikTok, it, it keeps me in the algorithm. So I don't necessarily have to follow the drama. The stuff I want to know pops up. So y'all know I like I like to watch Love is Blind. I won't say I love the show, but it's like a dirty secret. Like when I tell y'all I watch Baddies, even though Zeus is a hot mess, it's a dirt. Love is Blind is my dirty little pleasure, guilty pleasure. Um, So on season two, it was this couple, Ayana and Jared. So I'm giving y'all the backstory about this topic we're going to talk about. Ayana and Jared. They wound up getting married. The problem was Ayana was Jared's first, second choice. Um, also, they were there were vast differences between them. Ayana seemed like she was like a social worker, she or like a therapist of some sort, like some type of social services, and it seemed like she was very had high emotional intelligence, and Jared did not. Right. She also experienced a lot of trauma. And because of her trauma, he just thought she was so resilient. And I remember this scene um, when she, he met her parents. He They asked him what he liked about her. Like, what did he love about her? And his response was her strength and her resiliency. And I re- her adoptive mom said, you have to love more than how she dealt through her trauma. They're like, yes, she's strong, but there's so many other things about her that's loving and lovable and think so her his mom was just like her mom was just a little thrown off by that. Keep that in mind. Um recently, um about a year ago, they decided to divorce and it was presented as if it was amicable, like, you know, just the fact that their lifestyles didn't change. That's how they presented it originally basically their lifestyles. And that was a good part of it. He was a party promoter that was partying until 7 a.m. on three, four, five days a week. She's, you know, a grown woman with a real job. And, you know, she's not partying we hours of the night, multiple, you know, days out the week. You know, that's just not her lifestyle anymore. And she wanted a mature relationship, like a loving and a mature relationship. And I don't think she was going to get that. But recently it was revealed that not only did Jared cheat on her, he cheated on her and invited 
a set of random girls. Him and his friends had random girls in his and Iyana's apartment during the time the show was being aired. And during that time, he was making out with the girl in his bedroom that he shared with Ayana. And they were going to go all the way. But the girl's friend, so the random girl he was hooking up with, her friend went into the bathroom and saw all of Ayana like beauty products and banged on the door and was like, oh, girl, we got to go. He got a girlfriend, you know, like he got you fucked up. At the time, I don't think the girl knew that the show was airing. Like, the show just started airing. So, she probably didn't see it. Um, right before they were going to film the After the Altar special, where they kind of catch up with the couples, said girl that he cheated on her with emailed her with specific details because she found out who it was. Um yeah, so Ayana said for like the last year, she kind of was on pins and needles because at any point in time, this girl could have came out and basically like did a TikTok or, you know, an Instagram post proving this. And she hasn't, the girl hasn't revealed herself at all. The girl honestly just wanted Ayana to know what type of shit her dude was on. And while Ayana was talking about it was that she realized, you know, during their divorce, that he just, she wasn't his type and he didn't like her. And it made me feel bad. And she mentioned that, you know, one of the things he would say is, oh my God, you just talk so much. Like he was just annoyed with her. She wasn't his type, you know, he felt, she feels like he felt like he should like her. Like she's a good girl. Like this is, she's the type of girl that you should like. And we've talked about this before, but I had other conversations recently where people were saying, you know, right before they broke up with their significant other, certain things start to come up more and more. And it makes you realize like, damn, this motherfucker did not like me. Like for me, I was just, I remember having this conversation with a guy and I think I used like, I said something and he was like, you trying to be smart. And I was like, no, I'm serious. I wasn't being facetious when I said that. And he was like, there you go. Using fucking words, you know, I don't know. And I'm like, I didn't know you didn't know what that mean. Like, how the fuck I'm supposed to know what you don't mean with you? Like, I'm not supposed to know your fucking vocab. Like how you could just ask me what that means. Like, and it seemed like every time we would have a conversation, he just co- always trying to feel like I was trying to play him. And we were just talking like everything I would say would just bother him. And he took offense to everything. And I was just like, yo, that nigga did not like you, girl. Like he feels like he should like you. He's attracted to me. But me as a person, no, he did not like it at all at all like he didn't like me at fucking all like he would get so aggravated at the smallest stuff and um I more and more women bring this up where it's just like like you know like I seen this with a relationship that was of someone I know where the person would fuck up anything that had to do with his spouse 
So if it was her birthday, he'll find a way to ruin her birthday in the smallest of ways. If it was a holiday, he'll find a way to create an argument on a holiday. Um, I had someone that was saying like they were on vacation and their significant other picked arguments throughout the entire vacation. And I just had to say like, for somebody to fuck up a vacation, you have to be a miserable ass person. Like the more I think about just certain instances, it's like guys really, really show us that they don't like you very early on, even if they, it's not a conscious thing, but like people who love you, people who care about you, like you as a person, friendly, they don't do this type of shit. Like, they don't do this type of shit. It was a girl on TikTok that said, basically, you know, she was studying for a test and she had to go take the test and um, her baby dad kept saying, oh, I got you. I'm going to watch him. I'm going to watch him. I'm going to watch the baby for you so you can take this test that can further your career. And the day that she was supposed to take the test, She's calling him to find out where he is. He's a fucking no-show. The motherfucker decides to take another girl on vacation. The day she's supposed to take this test. And it's just like, even in those instances, y'all are just so mean and so nasty. And just like, that's how you know somebody just don't like you. That even when you're broken up and y'all still have ties, things that ties y'all together, they do things to fuck you over at the very end. You know? And I just feel like now with dating, we'll get into that, but now with dating, I have to be more conscious of the fact like people who like you don't do shit like this. Like if a guy like you, he's really not about to argue with you on your birthday or on Christmas or on vacation or or pick arguments because he doesn't understand the vocabulary that you use, or you have to dim your light to make them comfortable, or the fact that you have a high emotional intelligence and you want and you exude that and you're not toxic anymore, you know? So when I be saying like, ideally for me to take somebody serious, I want to see if they have done therapy in the past. Have they thought about doing therapy? Are they aware of their traumas? Are they trying to get help? Because I have moved past that era of my life where I want to be in toxic situations. Like, I need you to have a high emotional intelligence. I need you to be able to communicate how you feel. I need to know that when we're dating, you're not keeping me around because one, I'm attractive. Two, you like having sex with me. Three, you know, I look good on your arm or because I'm a good girl that you should like. Like you need to know in yourself, like she's cool, but I really like this type of broad. I like the broad that like the party. DeAndre don't like the party like that. I like, you know the toxic shit. I enjoy arguing. DeAndre not going to give me that. So I ain't going to fuck with her. Like just, I need that. I need that type of intelligence right now in this age. Um, And I think everybody could kind of want that at this point where it's just, we don't got time for this bullshit. 
And I, I just feel like Ayana or anybody else that come to that realization, like, damn, this nigga just did not like me. Like, it'll help you deal with, you know, not fucking around with losers anymore. Like, you'll move around and you'll stay moved around. But speaking of dating, real quick, it's so crazy that everybody's talking about how to, like, oh, they did a dating app and now they're madly in love. Or they met somebody on a dating app, now they're married. Like, that, what cities are y'all in? Because I really have not seen anybody that I even want to keep a, like, I have to will myself to communicate. Like, men these days have no conversation like or no je ne sais quoi like I told y'all before like the guy that was just like oh don't date me if you think Megan Thee Stallion was really shot by Tory Lanez why you want to debate that on a dating gap why is that a conversation starter why do you think me as a black woman want to date you based off of the thought that you think that a woman is lying about being shot, even though it's been proven that she was shot. Like, like who does the thinking over there? Like, even where that whole conversation these days with dating, and I'm so, I, I hate the men that date single women and want them to feel bad, I mean, single mothers and want them to feel bad about being single mothers. Because that's been another thing I've, I've been seeing on TV. I saw that on Ready to Love. I've seen it on Put a Ring on it. I've seen it on you Mel Chauvinist podcast where you want women to feel bad about being single mothers, but you do not have the same responsibility towards the men that made them single father, single mothers. Or feeling like because you don't have kids, you're a motherfucking prize. When women say they don't want to date men with kids, it don't have anything to do with the kid itself. It usually has to do with the fact that men don't really leave situations alone. Unless the woman is completely over them. Men don't usually break up with women. Women break up with men. And at any time, a woman that is in their close proximity wants them 10 times out of 10, they'll go that way. You know what I mean? They'll go back to the baby mom because it's comfortable. It's, it's, it's familiar, you know? And then when she, she leaves, she doesn't want him, then he moves around. But 10 times out of 10, it's the other way around. You know, when men say they don't want to date women with kids, it's because they worried about the kids being the number one priority. I watched Put a Ring on it um, on OWN, and this guy was like, oh, you know, I I really choose not to date women with children because who's the number one priority in your life? Your kid, right? And she said, yeah. He said, so if we were together, that means I'm the second I'm your second priority. And if you are in my life, then you're the first priority. So where does that leave me? That's unfair. And it's just like, when y'all say stuff like that, do y'all not realize that you are comparing yourself to this woman's child? You're literally standing on the fact that you're competing with someone's child. That doesn't sound crazy to you. Or to say all of that, and still be like, oh yeah, you know, I um, 
I, 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 my mom was a single mother. Your mom was a single mother. And these are the thoughts that you have. Okay. If that's the case, you know, more power to you. But I think when people say this type of shit, it's just like dating is just so low brow. Dating, dating is just so low brow that I, I, I highly suggest if you're in a relationship and it's not toxic or dangerous or violent and it's something that can be worked through, try to work it out. If you're just not happy, leave it alone. But don't rush thinking that the dating pool is like is lit out here because it's really not. Like, I promise you're not missing much. Like, if you just don't want to be in a relationship, I say leave. But like, ugh. these new niggas make it hard for a bitch not to double big. I tell you that much. But yeah, um, let's get into the rest of these topics. So. I don't know. Speak. I just talked about toxic men, but um, I saw a video where Sukiana, the rapper, was performing in a crowd, and she crowd surfed, and female fans decided to like grab her crotch and group her and her breast and her butt, like just grouping her, you know, very inappropriately. Um, I saw a video where Ari the Dime was choking and, um, she was, she ate like a pepper and she was choking and like her friends are like trying to help her cause she's coughing and some guy like fills her up from behind and it was such outrage in that video, right? Because it's like, why are you filling up on her? That's crazy. Like she's in a vulnerable situation and you filling up on her. But people were like, oh, it's just girls. They're partying when they were grouping on Sukiyana. And it's like, you should keep your hands, male, female, whoever, keep your hands to yourself. Do not touch anybody without their consent. Don't wait until a rapper is crowd surfing in a vulnerable position to grope her vagina. There is no reason to grope nobody that's crowd surfing. Like, that's not weird. You don't feel like a predator. You sexually assaulted that lady. The same with the Ari girl. Like, as a man, you don't see how crazy you look for a girl to choke and you come up behind her and grope her and slip off. Did you really, like, do you not get women? Like, even with Megan Thee Stallion said it before, like, a lot of you female fans are real aggressive. Y'all be slapping asses, doing all types of weird shit, like in a Suki video, groping inappropriately. Like, I'm going to tell y'all right now, if I get famous and you touch me, I promise you it won't be pretty. And I promise you I won't be nice. And I promise you you won't get a lawsuit lawsuit after I'm done. Don't touch nobody. One of my biggest problems, even now when I go out and I'm dancing and stuff, girls always want to touch. Don't touch me. And I really be trying to be like 
uh, now I don't feel like twerking. Now I don't feel like dancing because it's always a random that want to like grab you. Like, why are you grabbing at me? Why are you touching me? Like, you're being weird. Stop touching me. Like, even men, like, that whole trying to brush past you shit is weird. It's giving very weird. Like, stop doing it. Y'all are creepy and y'all are, like, nasty. And and the fact that y'all don't feel like there's nothing wrong with it is very crazy to me. Very motherfucking crazy. Um, speaking of these blogs, I'm really getting tired of blogs getting mad because people are saying that they're not journalists. I'm getting very annoyed at these blogs that, that do shit to incite bullying, but put, oh, we don't condone bullying, but you know, you had put a very misleading headline out that will incite bullying you know that you are not going to control the comments that come after you don't have you are not you're going to keep instigating the drama because you put a misleading headline and you know that that typical attention span is about 15 seconds for most humans and that everyone not me i'm a read but everyone's not going to take the time to read so i saw on a few blogs they posted um and i've seen this a bunch of times but this just happened recently um where they posted that uh the Brett and her wife, um, Jessica Dupart, didn't want a black um, donor for their baby. And because he looked like Jiminy Cricket, that's not what was said. What was actually said, and I'm paraphrasing, was so the Brett is pregnant, but the egg that was used is her wife's egg with a male donor's. The problem is the wife had several, Jessica had several um, medical conditions, that, medical disorders that could be passed on to the child if, a, if the donor also had those um, disorders. So you thinking about um, sickle cell or, you know, yeah, like this, think about like the sickle cell gene you know they say like if you or your partner have the sickle cell gene even though y'all don't have it if y'all have a baby together then your baby more than likely will be born with sickle cell so shit like that so through genetic testing they found out that she was a carrier of four diseases i mean not diseases disorders so um that brought from her from thousands of donors to about 300 then based off the fact that they wanted black, it really brought her down to one. Then that person was a carrier for two of those disorders. Um, So she could not match with a black man. She matched with a white man that didn't carry those disorders. As a joke, the Brett says, and we didn't want him anyway because he looked like Jiminy Cricket. As a joke, just to make it lighter. She did not say they don't want black donors. What they were trying to explain that for black women 
going through the fertility process, there aren't a lot of black donors. And based off genetic testing, you might not always be able to find a match perfectly, especially if you are up in age like they are and have a short window of time. Where if you were a real journalistic outlet, you would have focused more on the disparity that Black women face when trying to conceive a child through fertility treatment because of the lack of Black male donors. And the fact that Black people um, have are carriers for things that we do not know. Like, it's just so much things that could have been, like, a real conversation and real education behind that people just leave the shit just out there for, like, the most misleading headline. When, if you were really a journalist, that's a great article. That's something very interesting we can talk about. That can pull education so that more men would want to donate. More black women will want to donate eggs so that they can, you know, someone can be able to have a family or we can figure out, hey, what's going on? Why are we such carriers for these different disorders? You know, what can we do, you know, to change it? Like through juicing, I have been learning so many natural ways to get rid of things. Like, come on, if you really are, what you say you are, y'all want to get mad when people don't want to cite y'all. It's because y'all are bullshitters and y'all keep shit going on and y'all instigate and incite rage. And it's very, very fucking strange. It's really like, I really feel like we're going to be having a documentary in like 10 years about the effects of the social media blogs and people who have been bullied through them and all types of stuff. This girl said she made a comment and was like, oh, you know, some people say I look like this person. And she said they were like grinding her up in the shade room, like just going in when it's like shade room. Y'all can't control the comment and like delete it. So like people won't keep going in on one person. I know you see a thousand people cussing out one person. Y'all do nothing to stop it. Like one time my comment went viral in the shave room and people was cussing me out and I didn't even say nothing crazy. And I was cussing their asses out too. This is like five, six years ago. But like if I was like a very, I wound up deleting my comment because it was like three days later and people still was bothering me. I was like, oh no, y'all are sick. Like y'all are sick. Like it's, it's, and it's not just the blogs, it's everybody else that want to make comments on these blogs. Like I won't solely put anything on the blogs. It's y'all fault that y'all don't read as well. And it's y'all fault that y'all always want to react and not talk. And that y'all think y'all know everything. And y'all, since you know everything, you got your degrees type bitches. Y'all don't know shit. Y'all didn't even take the time to read the article. They did not want a white donor. They did not they had to pick from this small window of people at the time. And a joke was made. She's not asking to have a mixed kid. That's very ridiculous. Nothing about that comment made me even think that they were looking to have mixed children or anything like that. 
that is something that you guys have to really learn to read for yourselves and pay attention to where you're getting your information from. Because my goddamn, y'all are very sick. But yeah, let's get into my put a glow on it. So I, y'all know I love YouTube and um, one of my favorite YouTubers, Bondi Blue, she has this segment called Now That We're Grown and she picks apart, you know, movies that we watched when we were younger and didn't have like as much information as we do or may not have picked up on certain nuances and she talked about why did I get married and while she's talking about it I'm just thinking about all the things that Tyler Perry has been able to create right and he had he's a a very successful person I love the studio I love the fact that he came from nothing right but there are some things that I I as a person that's like into media and I real and I went back and watched a lot of stuff of his, it doesn't age well. Right? Like a lot of even the more serious of his movies don't age well, right? They're not instant classics. You can't go back and watch and learn something all the time. There's very um satire type things that's going on it's a joke made out of a joke a lot of the times but that's I feel like that's primarily because it's written by one person and one perspective for a lot of it right and that's usually he writes and directs and all of those things on his own for a lot of his projects and I feel like the thing with being a screenwriter or being in a writer's room for these TV shows and movies is to learn from other perspectives, right? Like, yeah, this is my idea for this, right? This is my shit. I wrote this. However, it might be someone else in the writer room like, uh, I think we should change this scene just a little bit. Like, I, we could keep the concept, but let's move this thing around because this can offend this or this might not age well. Let's change the sentence here. Let the character say this. Or I get what you're trying, the lesson that you want to be learned throughout this movie, but maybe if we come through it this way. And I, I feel like his legacy will be a lot of jokes upon it because of the opportunities missed to get other perspectives on the shows. Like the opportunity to hire a lot more writers, especially female, black female writers, because you're writing for a black women audience. So let's hire black female writers because that's your key audience. You can't tell shit about black women better than a black woman. You know what I mean? And we're not monolithic. There's a black girl out there for everybody, but some shit is the same. And you might not understand as a black male what it's like to be a black woman. You can grow up in a house with black women, but you might still miss some things. And there is a lot of, you know, a lot of Tyler Perry movies be given the good guy that's corny and blue collar. That's the guy. But you all just want the rich man and 
they got everybody got shit with them. You know, like there's perspectives in it. There's a reason why a high powered attorney might not want to date the local mechanic that doesn't, you know what I mean, with three kids. Might just be that reason. He might be a great guy, you know, but it's shit that comes along with it <laughs> that she might not want to deal with. That doesn't make her a bad person. And I don't, that doesn't, just because he's a good guy does not make her his person. You know, there is things that can be delved deep into each of these characters from a female perspective. If he opened up doors for more black female writers to write and contribute to the ideas that he had. So that when they're like, oh, he writes, he wrote that in 24 hours. We can tell. No shade. I love a lot of Tyler Perry movies. I love the fact that he got the studio. Um, love the fact that he hires black actors, especially those that, you know, we often forget about. But at the same time, it be given like, you need to hire more people. You really need to hire more people and give um, more more people a chance, you know, the uh, option out here in this world, you know, like we want to be able to tell, you know, black stories in a real way. And I don't know if we can do that. If, you know, you keep that bullshit going on, Tyler, like hire more people. Let's get into, you know, having writer camps. And honestly, with this about to be a writer strike, this is the best damn time to get some fresh new people because then, you know, because then you'll have people that never had that experience of writing that are willing to do it for cheaper, willing to tell new stories. It'll mark a whole new different um stratosphere open new career and really take your legacy if they can say that tyler perry saved the writer's strike <laughs> like how amazing would that be if people could say that like oh you saved the writer the writer's strike but i don't think that's gonna honestly happen that's just my tips for you know him if i was on his team i would definitely work hard to you know make that a thing but let's go ahead and get into the glow up. So I told y'all over the weekend, I kind of just been chilling. I stayed in the house for the most part. And what happened was I watched my show, Firefly Lane. So all right, just to preface, I am not a big fan of Katherine Heigl. I think she's a bit of a bitch. Um... Don't like her as a person, but thank God for the pandemic um, and me watching every damn thing on TV during that time, because when Firefly Lane um, premiered on uh, Netflix, I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to watch this shit. And it was really, really good. So basically, I'm going to tell y'all the premise and I'm going to tell y'all to go watch it, If you, but I'm not going to try to tell the whole story. Um, but if you really want to watch it and I might fuck up and get spoilers, I'm sorry, but it's going to make you want to really watch it. 
So Firefly Lane is about two friends that met in the like 60s. They were um, like 13 years old. One girl is very like nerdy. Um, Her name is Kate. Kate comes from a typical American white family. Mom, dad, older brother, they live, you know, in a nice, modest suburban neighborhood. And uh, she never really wanted for nothing. She doesn't have any friends. Kate, I mean, Kate meets the new girl on the block. Her name is Tully. Tully, mom, is a damn hippie. Cloud, her mom name is Cloud. She gets high. She abandons Tully often. Um, Yeah, Tully has no idea who her dad is. She's very, you know, outgoing, wants to, you know, she's like the popular girl, but she kind of just doesn't like anybody at the same time. Um, A very tragic event happens and her and Kate become best friends. Um, Kate looks up to Tully. She thinks she's like so beautiful, so amazing, so um, fun. Um, you know, she just wants to get to know her, you know, like she wants to be her friend. She thinks everything she does is really cool. So, um, they wind up being friends for about 40 years. You get to watch their friendship the entire time. You watch the ups, the downs. First, you start thinking that one person is the issue and then you kind of start seeing that it's the other. Then you start seeing that it's both of them. and it just really is a good depiction of friendship and how things can happen if you are codependent. Um, It's really, 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 really good. Like, it's so much shit with it, um, especially because it's, like, about two white women. So you might not be like, you're like, I ain't about to watch this little lily bullshit. But it's actually really good. And it really made me, like look at how I see myself and how I see friendships. And that I think the last episode, I talked a lot about accountability. And when I say accountability be eating people the fuck up, like this is like accountability is really like such a thing. It makes it so hard you know, for people to move forward because they have such a lack of accountability. Um, I'm live, y'all, while I'm recording this episode. So, hey, y'all, thank you. Um, And one of the things that I wanted to talk about from this show without telling you about the show, although I really want y'all to watch it, and I'm trying not to tell y'all about the show, I want to do a review of the entire series. Um, maybe I'll do it on my Instagram live in about a week or so so that y'all can catch up and binge watch it and we can all chat about it. So maybe sometime next week I'll do like a live and we can talk about it because I really, really like this show. And um, you really, yeah, you really had to look at this show make you like, I just been feeling like I pick up a lot of things on it myself from a lot of the shit I'll be watching. It's like, yeah. I need to look within, you know. So one of the things I want to talk about, we talked about self-doubt and being self, you know, inflicting self-harm mentally on yourself or sleeping on yourself or projecting your bad thoughts about you onto other people. And one of the characters on the show just has a terrible view of herself. 
the way that she sees herself is not how the rest of the world sees her. She thinks pretty much that she's lame and corny and her best friend is just the Regina George of this. And she feels like she's just a sidekick and she goes unnoticed and no one knows exactly who she is. And she doesn't give as much to the world and she just wants to be in a corner, right? She doesn't see her self-worth. And it be she's so self-deprecating that it becomes so hard to like this character after a while, right? Because one thing I notice with people that aren't kind to themselves, they start to do real selfish shit. Real, real selfish shit because they feel like they don't have the opportunity to to achieve this anymore. Like the hot guy likes me, so I have to hook up with the hot guy. I don't give a fuck what happens, you know what I mean? Or how I react or anything like that, right? Or because I might not always, I, I have to work hard for this job. So I'm just going to fuck everybody over to climb the social ladder because, you know, this opportunity might not come back for a while, right? Or I want to feel, I have to make everyone feel bad for me because I feel bad for me. But I don't want anybody to have, um, see me as a charity case. And I don't want to be the sidekick, although I love being the sidekick, you know, or because I see myself as the sidekick, then my friend that has been there for me, they see me as only as a sidekick and I feel worthless. And that's literally a lot of the things I've seen with the show is like how this one character views herself. Nobody else sees it. She doesn't understand how she can hook up with a hot guy on campus. And he's like, I've literally had a crush on you since ninth grade. And she finds that hard to believe, right? Um, the guy she ends up marrying, she just wants to hook up with him a lot of the time because he's the hot girl, hot guy. He's sexy and he's domineering and all the girls in the office like him, but she doesn't really take the time to know him. And she thinks that he's so surface that he just wouldn't notice her. And throughout the entire time we're watching the show, I have so many questions about her husband. I'm like, well, Where's his family and what's going on here? And why doesn't he want this? And we never get to see it because it's told from her point of view of him. And she honestly doesn't know. He's in love with her as a person and she's in love with him because he's literally the guy she never thought she could get. Um, Her best friend becomes like, Oprah like um talk so talk show host and she doesn't really have any family as they get older and that's you you see that in the first episode so I'm not really telling the story um but she values her best friend and she you know loves her best friend she sacrifices for her she's not as selfish as you would want to think that she is she just doesn't have a lot of the tools to not you know be toxic and but she loves hard and she doesn't view herself as the 
you know, she's not a Regina George. You would think she's like the Regina George and she's really not, you know, she wants the best for her best friend. But what I realized is when you're kind of the outgoing personality and you, you know, people take notice when you walk into a room or you're being able to speak up or go after the things you want, people start to place, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Personas on you, right? They start giving you their, they start creating your personality for for you. They built up this character to the point where they don't even know who you are anymore. You know, like they think you're selfish and it's because you're a go-getter naturally, right? But really you don't have any reason not want to do better for yourself. And you are after your goal chasing right now. So you don't have time to self-deprecate, you know, because when you're trying to be successful, you really, there's no room for self-doubt when you're on a road to success. And because the other person is just on a downward spiral of self-doubt and projection it makes you fucking feel bad. So like you're constantly complimenting them. And I'm sitting here watching this show and it's like, this girl loves her best friend. She's showing up for her and it's still not enough. And even even at the very end of the show, because it's only two seasons, you start to see like, damn, all this shit done happened and this lady still don't fuck with herself. She doesn't see the the value she brings to everybody around. She only sees herself in the image that she created that no one else sees. So I just wanted to talk about that because I feel like a lot of times we see ourselves in, at our lowest. We see ourselves so low. We have... We carry on these ideals that, you know, nobody pays attention to me or nobody like cares or, you know, I'm just there. This person only want to be around because of this or because I do this, but they don't really want to be my friend. And I, I, you know, they're the Regina George or they're the Beyonce of the friendship. And I'm, you know, just over here in the corner. And it's like, you ever care to think that Beyonce finds Michelle valuable? You don't think Michelle has any value to Beyonce's life? Do you not think, do you think that Beyonce thinks so highly of herself that she doesn't appreciate the people around her? Or do you think because she's such a perfectionist and she's a hardworking person that she got to be a bitch? Or that Michelle has to be jealous of her because she's fucking Beyonce. Do you not think, you know, people just are who they are and your path is your path. And when you stop self-deprecating and having so much self-doubt and projecting how you see yourself onto other people, how better life would be. Like people would want to be you so bad. 
People will want to value who you are. There's such a uniqueness to everybody that there are things that I feel like of all the people I'm around, I can learn something from. There's a trait in all of my family, all of my friends, things that I'm like, damn, I wish I had that. You know, I have a friend that is so patient and so nice that I'm always just like, damn, I wish I just had a smidge of your patience because I don't got it. Or a friend that bets on themselves every time and they just going to figure it the fuck out and they don't live in fear. I wish I had a bit of that. Or someone that is just so creative and can literally make nothing make something out of nothing like there's so many things everybody adds such a value you know to life and give purpose in different ways that to sit here and think that for some reason out of all the humans in the world you're the one person on earth that don't bring anything to the table that's preposterous that's ridiculous and once we stop sleeping on ourselves and stop you know, thinking about ourselves in such a negative as view, you'll start to see the value that you bring to others. You'll start to see that people see your value. And if they don't, you move around. Like, it's just like a job. When you're at a job, and I'll say this from me, I talked about it earlier. When I was at my last job, I just felt like I was stuck. I had ideas, didn't nobody give a shit. I had thoughts, didn't nobody care about my opinions. It was what it was. They didn't feel like me progressing within the company was of importance. They didn't think I had anything to add. You know, I find a job that's way, you know, better than the last job. And every idea I have implemented, every, you know, thought I have listened, valued, my opinion is needed and wanted, you know, you just have to go where you're valued. And when, and I wouldn't have been able to transition into a better space if I would have thought the same thoughts that everyone else did. If I would have projected those thoughts like, oh yeah, like, I guess I do stay in this bubble. I guess I do stay here. I guess, you know, maybe I can't uh, do the things that I know I can do. Fuck that shit. Fake that shit till you make it. Until you start to believe that you the baddest motherfucker walking this earth. Fake it. Stop thinking so low of yourself. Like, I promise you, if you can text three friends and say, hey, what are three things you think that I'm good at? Like, when you think of me, what are three positive things you think of? I'm pretty sure that they'll come up with at least 10. But you, you sit there and you think about the value you bring to everybody else. You think about the ideas that you create. You think about how much light you bring into the world, you know, and stop just sitting in these self-deprecating thoughts. Like, okay, you thought the negative thought. Okay, but what's a positive one? But I bet you could think of like 10 damn things that your friend good at. But you can't think of five things that you good at. You can brag about 
how desired a friend is or how attractive a friend is that you don't even see that you're beautiful yourself and that you turn heads but you're so worried about what the next person is doing and you want them to dim their light at some point to make you comfortable that show really just had me up in my emotions because it's just so hard to watch someone not fuck with themselves like watching that show i'm like i want this character i'm like why does she think she's so undesirable the whole damn show she's pulling dudes this whole show nerdy and all they all like her and it's not even like to use her they actually like her personality they think she's cool they think she's beautiful but she doesn't see that at all you know she only it only matters when it's that quote-unquote hot guy like the guy that just she creates in her head that's just so unobtainable it only matters when he like her and even then he doesn't believe that he she he actually wants to be with her and I feel like there's so many people that go through that. Like you are just such in disbelief of the life that God has for you that you just doubt it. And because you don't think that you're worthy or you don't think that that's your path, that you just project negativity onto everybody. And you, when people are just used to you being negative and they ignore your negative ass, then it's everybody else's fault as to why you feel the way you feel. And honestly, can't nobody make you feel better than about you than you. Because, you know, life isn't like promise, you know, like no one, that person that fills you up might not always be there. And you have to like, you have to pull yourself up. And a lot of times, and that show just really, really, really just had me like, damn, I think I need to get my shit together. So when I have like self-deprecating thoughts and I'm not going to act like I don't like last week, I told y'all in the beginning of the show, like I just felt weird and I've been over the last year, I have been really working on not self-sabotaging or feeling negative thoughts about myself or anything like that. Like I just been like, you know, like if it's just not a good day, it's just not a good day. But tomorrow is going to be a better day, and I'm going to make sure that tomorrow's a better day. And I'm, I've been doing good at acknowledging the things that I have been successful at lately, like giving myself pets on the back and not, you know, making shit seem like it's not a big deal. Everything that we do in life is a big deal. You know, you woke up today, it's a big deal. You made yourself breakfast, it's a big deal. You went to the gym, it's a big deal. You got out of bed, it's a big deal. You know, a hobo cat called you down the street, bitch, you look good. (laughs) A hobo ain't going to compliment you. If you look a mess, they're going to tell you. So, you know, whatever. That's kind of, you know, where I where I got from the show for the most part. It's a lot of nuances about friendship from that show that um from firefly lane that i picked up on but i can't really go into detail about it without telling y'all about the show and spilling all the tea so i don't know maybe i'll do like a review like i said on live and a couple of i'll give y'all like a week to catch up on the show i'm gonna give y'all about a week and then we're gonna talk about it maybe on a sunday or something i don't really drink like that anymore 
So I'll probably have some juice, but y'all can bring y'all drinks and wine. And I want to discuss the show because I just felt like there was just such, um, it was just such a good thing to see because we're, most of the people that listen are like mid twenties to mid thirties. And we're kind of just figuring life and relationships and friendships out that it's a really good show to watch. And just to see like how you are as a woman how everything evolves and every everything isn't like linear. Like there's a lot of gray in a lot of areas and accountability just goes a long way. But if you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Amazon. We are everywhere. I think I never even told you that we, the show is now on Amazon music. So definitely can listen to us there um follow um the podcast on instagram at jst let it glow and on twitter at just let it glow as always i appreciate you guys for listening and growing and glowing with me um if you would like to follow me on instagram my name is deandra kiara d-e-a-n-d-r-a-k-i-a-r-a and please i want to do more listener letters and um i want to give advice i want to hear some of y'all story time so email or a dm on instagram um but email is just let it glow pie at gmail.com and also just be on the lookout because i am cooking up some cool things especially if you're in the philly area um so just be ready we are outside this summer we're gonna have a good time and the glow up is definitely real so all right Bye.